What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the New York Minute. I'm your host, Bruce, and today we're talking about the Cosmic Power Arc in full. Future Foundation came out just the other day, and I went ahead and ordered my copy of it, and I wanted to talk about all the cards, the entire arc today. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk about them in Constructed and Draft, and it's it's Fantastic Four. It's Doctor Doom and Galactus and stuff. We're going to have a good time with it. We're going to hit all three boxes in this episode. So buckle up. It's time. I tried to decide if I wanted to go box by box or just all of the card groups together. We're just going to go box by box. The images that I'm looking at for Fractured Family and Frightful Foes are up on Pocket Versus. If you're not familiar with Pocket Versus, it's an app created by a Versus player that lets you build decks and read cards on the go. So... Shouts out to the guy that made it. I'll leave a link to Pocket Versus in the description. All right, let's go. We're going to start with the family. We're going to start with the Fantastic Four, of course. And I should preface, the following four mains have eight wild lokes. They have two team stamps on each level. So they actually, the power level is there. They can be doing their superpowers every turn for the whole game almost. And we're going to start with Human Torch. Human Torch at level 1 is a 4-2-5 flight and range. He's fantastic and anti-reg. Of course, this box is telling the story of the Fantastic Four as it pertains to Civil War. Thing and Reed are on Team Iron Man. Human Torch and Sue are forced to go underground and go into hiding with Cap and the anti-reg. Very interesting what, what happens to the family as a result. But anyway, so he's family and anti-reg. 425 flight and range. He has hothead during the combat pay a red. So while Johnny's attacking, if this is your first attack this turn, Human Torch strikes the defender. It's good for like if you're trying to not trade and he has enough attack to just get the guy. He just gets the guy for a red. Hot stuff. Level up three, when Human Torch solo attacks is your first attack each turn, he gains one XP. Okay, so attack, attack, attack. On that third attack, he'll level up. And if those two attacks, he's first and he can do his hothead, you shouldn't be trading. You're going to need to gain a life somewhere. He has five health and bad stats at level one. But maybe his level two cleans that up. Let's check it out. At level two, Human Torch is now a 7-5-5 flight and range Family and anti-reg. He still has hothead and he gains hottest guy in the galaxy during the main. Double blue or double space or blue space for the rest of the game. When Human Torch enters melee combat with an enemy character, put two minus one minus one counters on it for each time he's used his power. So two minus two, then minus four, minus six. It stacks. Okay. I'm interested in this going off at least twice. That's like a, a bolt or a lightning strike on attack and on defense. That's good. His stats are kind of on the bad side as far as fighting mains goes. But that ability is good. Hothead's good. And he has a good kit through fantastic cards and anti-reg defensive pumps. You can play this guy. You can play this guy in Constructed. Again, he's not overly flashy. He's not like super like, oh, this is where aggro truly shines. But I think he can get the job done. 
in draft, you have to look out for his wild looks. Not only do you have to try and take it from everybody else, but you need hottest guy in the galaxy to go off more than once a game, at least twice a game. He's fine though. He'll he'll be fine. You'll, if you're a Human Torch fan, you won't have a problem playing this. Next up is Invisible Woman. Invisible Woman at level one is of two five five wings. She's fantastic and anti-reg. Do I look like I need protecting? During any combat, you pay a green. If Invisible Woman is defending in the front row, she cannot be struck this combat. She's trying to gain life. She's trying to protect the guys in the back because she's flight blocking them. It's good. You have to put two, sometimes three good attacks into her to put her down. Hiding with the resistance. Level up five. When a fantastic or anti-reg supporting character appears on your side, you may hide it if you do. Invisible Woman gains XP equal to its cost. So play a one, hide it. Play a two, hide it. Play a three, hide it. She should flip on three. And I feel like there's even ways to like get that down to like turn two. Yeah, within team even, right? Yeah, you can definitely do that in, in two. You're looking for it to be turn three though. It's probably going to be three most of the time. The payoff is at level two, Invisible Woman is a four, eight, five wings. She still has, do I look like I need protecting? And she gains create wall of force during the main. Double blue or double earth or blue earth. If Invisible Woman is in your front row, create a wall of force in your back row. If you already have one, replace it with a new one. Okay, so, and we need to go over the wall of force. So the wall of force is a terrain that's placed in the back row by Invisible Woman. And it says characters in this row cannot be attacked and has three health. So, and, and it's a nightmare to try and crack Sue's board, basically. Because you have to fight through her as a 4-8 at least once, maybe twice, probably twice, due to the green ability. You have to fight through her twice, then you have to crack the bubble that is fighting it three times, and then you can get to the guys you want. Most of the time, you're not going to have that many good attacks, right? So what does that mean? That means if she's sitting on utility accruing value, guys, she just buries you in card advantage or, or just board advantage. She just murders you with it. It's so hard to kill this stuff. If she ever has more than one flyer in the front row, you're not cracking the bubble. You're not beating the bubble. In draft, again, you need the wild looks because I feel like the wall force is a huge part of her kit. But you also, in draft, you have to look out for what I was just talking about. Utility, crafty, value-accruing guys. Or maybe you can even just sit on guys that make good ranged attacks and just beat down the opponent. That They're not going to get them. They're not going to get them. The board's in parity. You're not cracking the bubble. If the board's in parity, you're not beating Go Underground, Secret Avengers, Fantastic Four, and the green of Do I Look Like I Need Protecting on Defense. I'm, I'm a fan of this. It's hard to say that this Invisible Woman is necessarily better or up to stuff with the original Invisible The original Invisible Woman's a complete monster. I love that main to death, but this one makes a pretty cool impersonation of her. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this. And she has a ton of wild looks. She's going to get to make the bubble at least once, maybe twice a game. Good. Let's talk about Thing now. Thing at level one 
is a 3-4, 6 health. He's fantastic and pro-reg stamped. We got people to protect during any turn, any combat red. If another character in things row is defending, remove it from the combat and move it to your back row. Thing becomes a defender. Don't you see what you're doing? Level up five. When a combat starts that doesn't include Thing, he gains one XP. If all characters in the combat are good, he gains two XP. Okay, so before we talk about the last part of Thing, this XP con, when I first read it, when I first saw it, I thought it was just when the opponent attacks one of my guys and Thing wasn't in it. I thought they could just play around it by attacking Thing, putting him down first. But you can actually, like, play a one-drop, throw it into the main, and if they're both good, you get two XP. So you can cash in, like, your, your little, like, prowlers and, like, things like that and get two XP out of it. So this XP con, it, re it reads rough, but it's really not that bad. It's not that bad. Checking out of the country. When thing levels up, remove him from the game with his counters. At the end of your next turn, put him onto your side. Stick a pin in that. We'll come back to that. At level two, thing is a 666. We still got people to protect, and he's, he now has Il Estemps de Batre. I think that's French. He moves to Europe, I think. He moves to Europe in civil, during the events of Civil War. He, like, gets out of there. Okay, during the main, double green or double earth or green earth. You may say it's clobbering time in any language you like. If you do, put 10 plus one plus one counters on thing. Okay, so, and we're going to go back to checking out our country. The reason I stuck a pin in it is because... He actually leaves for two turns. He gains two life when he levels up. But when he comes back, the board's lost. At least when I was playing Thing, and he ends up being like your, your most valued attacker. When he leaves, you lose your one and two, you lose your two and three. And like you have to scrape and scratch to get the board back from the opponent. Illest tempts to Batray. It's clobbering time. He's a 16-16. You can get the board back, but... If you don't, or if they clear the counters, or if you're not doing that and he's a 6-6, six, six, it actually can be really bad for him. Overall, I think he's fine. I think he's a, a way better thing than the original thing main character from Fantastic Battles. And in draft, again, you need his wild Lokes. You need to grab Lokes. He needs to be a 16-16 when he comes back to America because... Like, you can't have him be a 6-6 six, six that's trying to jump in the way and protecting your guy. He's going to get destroyed on defense. I like him, though. I like him, though. Again, this isn't a flashy, super amazing aggro guy, but effectively, he has 8 health, and he grows. It's fine. The last of the core four is Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. He is fantastic and Team Iron Man, pro-reg stamped. He's a 2-4-6. Stretch your mind during the build. You pay a red. Mr. Fantastic creates an invention. Volunteer to register. Level up 30 when you recruit a character that does not have Swarm. Mr. Fantastic gains 1 XP for each letter in its card title. The reason Swarm is there, at least in my mind, the reason Swarm's not there is because, like, Adolescent Xenomorph... Servitor Leviathan, Superhuman Restraint Unit, the Cape Killers, they all have like 15 to 20 letters in their name. So that's like, that's not fair, right? Let's talk about the main itself. He makes a very, very good 
Dr. Doom impersonation and you already know what this means. You know what this means. We've already been going through what this means. Turn one weapon, turn one gadget, turn one unstable. It's really hard to kill this guy, man. Before we even get to his payoff. You've already heard the stories. This guy's actually a monster. A va another value monster. And you can easily flip on like two or three with this. You could flip on two or three. Yeah, just in insert the blank on like nine or ten letter guys that you would want to play anyway. He's going to flip on two or three. Yeah, let's go ahead and get over to his, his level two. At level two, Reed is a five, seven, six. He still has both his teams. He still has Stretch Your Mind, and he gains Project Lightning during the build. Double yellow or double space or yellow space. Remove a supporting character in your hand from the game, then clone it. The clone gains lethal. At the start of your net... Oh, wow. I didn't even realize he keeps it for that long. At the start of your next turn, remove the clone from the game. Okay. So, yeah. If you're trying to, like, bury the opponent in value, beefy top-end guys, just let them come out a little quicker for two looks. Yeah. There's a lot to like with this main. Like, Project Lightning reads flashy. Like, you get to throw in a giant dinosaur or whatever. But, realistically, he had his ult at level one the whole time. Make unstable, make unstable, make gadget, make weapon. I don't know how you deal six and six with this guy. How do you kill this guy? <laughs> oh, man. He flips fast, too. So, he gets the good stats. He could be a 512. Or, he can be... A 5-7 with three thinkagains in his hand. It's insane. In draft, again, you need your wild lokes. You need your lokes. You need your reds. Get the reds first in draft. Get the reds first. And I don't know how inventors actually work in draft. I don't know if you have to, like, draft the... I don't imagine you would have to draft the inventions, but... Take the reds. Because, like, make unstable, make unstable, make gadget. That's good enough. Your opponent's never going to take the board from you. You're never going to die. Make weapon? Yeah, I'm a 512 or I'm a 107 shooter. I'm gonna get your guy. It's good. It's a good main man. Really, I was super excited when I first saw this main. Like, yeah, this is this is really good. And the problems that Doom had, he won't necessarily have. I think part of part of his game plan is leveling up, and Doom wasn't as exciting because his level up was it it was a leg pull to try and flip that guy. Alright. There are a few more main characters in this box. First, I want to talk about Franklin. This guy, oh man. Whew. All right, Franklin at level one is a fantastic stamped 256 multiversal adventures. You start the game with a multiverse adventure pile. During setup, after each player reveals their starting main character, you choose which one of your multiverse adventure decks you'll start the game with. Okay, so, and let's call timeout. Franklin doesn't have 60 cards. He doesn't have 62 cards. He has three decks, and you have to decide how you're going to win the game in deck one, and then at level two, and we'll get to it in a second, he actually can switch decks. Super, super interesting, but it creates a huge problem that I'm going to get into after we talk about the level two. Learn from the grown-ups, level up one, at the start of your main phase, if another main character is level two or higher, Franklin Richards gains one, so he levels up. Okay, let's talk about... His stats are... He, he's a 2-5-6. He has 6 health, that's good. And depending on your... Depending on deck 1's 
layout, he could either gain life or be trying to like hide or something, trying to get to that level two. The problem with his XP con though is you're like actively saying, hey opponent, I need you to go off so that I can go off. If their pop-off is way better than yours or like their aggro guy can kill you before you switch from deck one to deck two, like you could just lose. I don't think that's the case though, but that's something to be mindful of. He's probably going to need to have healing and tons of defense in deck one and then switch out when he flips. At level two, Franklin Richards is a 4-8-6 family stamped. Explore the multiverse at the start of your build phase. Franklin may pay any power symbol. If he does, remove your deck, KO pile, and hand from the game. Choose a remaining deck in your multiverse adventure pile. Shuffle it, and it becomes your new deck. Draw cards equal to how many cards were originally in your hand. Okay, so he can switch decks for one look. Listen... This guy reads really strong. This is actually this is actually cool. He he comes to the game with three decks and you can tailor your game plan to what you see much like Sinister 6. It's hard to say how strong he is because he really does depend on what else is in the room. If there's a ton of aggro and you make the wrong call on your deck or you make the wrong call on what's in deck 1, you could just lose. But if you're smart about it, if you're crafty and how you're building these, like, in my mind, deck one is gaining life, stopping wounds, and you would still need a win con in deck one, right? What if they don't flip? What if they don't need to flip? What if they know that by giving you the multiverse, they're actually down in the matchup? So they're probably going to try and play around his XP con, okay? This means Franklin not only needs... A win con in deck one, he needs three win cons, depending on which deck you chose to be deck one. That's where I have a problem with him, because I honestly don't feel like Illustrate has enough win cons for this guy. I'm not going to just, what like, what is that, healing and ramp in deck one? Okay, I can do that with any main. Why did I do that with Franklin and built 180 cards worth of decks, right? I think the win cons aren't there for him, but he's de he's definitely playable. He's definitely playable. If deck two has a win con, like your favorite win con, and all deck one does is like gum up the game so that you can make it to this, you're going to make it to it eventually, right? I'm a fan. I, I'm, I have a lot to say, clearly. I'll return to Franklin when I feel that there are enough win cons for three decks, because in Illustrator right now, I'm having trouble finding a justifiable one win con format depending. I don't think... He should ever be in draft. I don't know if I made that clear enough, but no, I, I would I wouldn't take him in draft anyway. No, he'd be a four eight blank right in draft. No, the final main character is Uatu, the Watcher, and I'm gonna break him down. But he actually deserves an episode on his own. We're gonna talk about his level one and level two though. Watu at level 1 is an 057 Wings Fantastic Stamped Portal to Alternate Realities. Your deck may only include Marvel stamp cards. That is illustrated and or photo with the Marvel stamp in the bottom of the card. But it may include Marvel cards from photographic and illustrated. That's so bomb, man. 
oath of non-interference. Uatu cannot be in your front row. He cannot attack and he cannot strike. He watches. Level up 10. When an enemy player plays a card, a character, a face-up look, a face-down resource, a plot twist, and equipment. Uatu gains an XP. Okay, so if they go location guy or location guy guy, you should flip turn four or five. If they ignore this and just go like low guy, low guy, and curve out, you're flipping turn five. He has seven health. That's fine. You're going to turn gold eventually. Before we get to level two, though, this is another main where the ult is right there. The ult's right there. It's portal alternate realities. I get to play photo with illustrated mixed. That's actually bomb. That's actually bomb as hell. It could take it could take months, which is why I haven't even bothered trying to talk about this guy until now. It could take months trying to figure out what he should be doing. And I think he has I think he has potential because he can dip into photo win cons, photo Marvel win cons, as well as illustrated Marvel win cons. It's just how do you get there and how do you not die on the road to it, right? Let's talk about his level two real quick. At level two, Uatu is a 10-10-7. Wings, fantastic. He still has the oath of non-interference and he gains break the oath. During the main, earth and space, Uatu loses the oath of non-interference for the rest of the game. So he's a 10-10 flyer. I love this main character. I love the idea of this main character. And I actually didn't think that we would get something like this in volume five. I thought it would take volume seven or eight for us to start mixing photo and illustrated together but i'm really glad he's here honestly it could take so much time trying to figure out what he should be doing and i'm gonna leave it there i think he deserves his own new york minute episode this is a great main character i'm a big fan of this all right let's get to the supporting characters now first up we have brainstorm she's a two cost one 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 fantastic stamped aka valeria richards and she is the smartest girl in existence during the build, you pay a yellow. Draw cards until you have as many cards in hand as the number of cards on all sides. Okay, so you dump your hand out. One, 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 one. Her, draw seven, right? Because it counts the mains. It also counts your opponent's side. Is that good? Yes, it's card draw. And if you're way ahead on the board state, you're drawing a ton of cards. It's pretty, pretty decent. In Constructed, you have to build around this. Like, you have to do what I just said. One, 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 and then her. And like your hand has to be completely gone. That's five, six, seven. That's like drawing eight cards. I feel like you need her to draw four, five, six cards. And it's hard to say if she gets another chance. So you have to make it count in constructed. In draft, I don't want anybody else to have this because if they're playing towards, which is, it's sort of easy to play towards this in draft. She could be just a one off bomb, like, oh, it's turn seven, and there's a bunch of guys that I didn't kill. I'm going to draw eight cards. Like, she's good in draft, too. Yeah, take take one in draft. In constructed, yeah, I, I would play this. If swarming the board directly related to my main character flipping, yeah, I'd play this. This is like the ultimate payoff for decks like that. Give me that. Next up, Human Torch. He's a three-cost flight range, 5-3-1, anti-reg only. That's the other thing in the box. The family members are super divided. Like, they had their family stamp as their main characters, but they don't have them as supports. And Human Torch has Hothead during the combat pay. Okay, so this is a 5-3 flight range value flyer on anti-reg. 
I don't want to give him a red, though. I don't want to give him a red. He's a good team attacker, though, right? He can, like, team attack with Nick Fury Sr. And who's the other shooter on that team? Hawkeye, I guess, if you're playing that. He's fine. I don't know that he's better than... It's going to sound crazy, but... I don't know that he's that much better than Spider-Man or Patriot on team. And he's not better than Nick Fury Sr. I think he's still worth something, though. Like, he's still worth a two, maybe three of if you need the wings or you need the, the five attack. Sure. I feel like I would play Patriot, though. Patriot's actually slept on on that team, but... In draft? Yeah, take this. Take this in draft. Take this in draft because... This is actually a good card in draft. And if you ever give a red to it, and he's like, oh, I dealt the main a wound for free or for a red. Yeah, it's fine. Next up, Powerhouse. Powerhouse is a 291 Fantastic Stamped, a.k.a. Franklin Richards, Universal Shaper. During the build, you pay a blue. Shuffle each card in your resource row into its owner's deck. Put that many cards from the top of your deck into your resource row face down. Then turn any number of face-down locations. Okay, so he, like, reloads. There's, like, a couple different ways to use this. He's, he's trying to reload. Like, if, if let's say, let's say Reed Richards went red, 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 and then you played the powerhouse. He's trying to reload your, like, the locs you saw and you used. But, like, you can get swifty with it and, like, oh, this white wingfoot, he has two locs. I have five locs add them together that's seven in my row so that's like pseudo ramp in that way for that that specific aspect but like yeah that's a good card it's a good card all around honestly it also becomes like a low-key win con if you like you made it to like negative zone turns or like your looks like actually dealing damage or whatever he just says oh we get to do that one more time we're shuffling that stuff back in it's good be careful with this guy because he actually demands a ton of looks. If you're, like, reloading your resource row and, like, your top end's going down there, like, you're going to have to do this again to, like, try and fix the mistake, right? Be careful of that. In draft, I don't want anybody else to have this. This card's a bomb in draft. He reloads your resource row. Those one or two reds or blues that you saw for your guy to do their thing, you get another try with them. That's good. And he should probably make it in Constructor. He should make it. This is a good ability. Good card. Let's talk about Thing. Thing is a 5-5, five, five, 3 health, pro reg for 5. Clobber. When Thing stuns a defender, move it to his back row, and it cannot ready or move. The guy's knocked out. Uh, his stats are way worse than Doc Sampson. Way worse than Doc Sampson. And I actually think Songbird does more on the board state in parity than this. But he's a 5-5 team attacker three times. If he ever connects with the guy, the guy's knocked out. He's stunned. He's stun-locked. He's in the back row. He cannot flight block. He cannot retaliate. Yeah, I'll, I'll take him. I think Doc Sampson's a better card, though. Doc Sampson has better stats. You can play two thing in constructed. You can play two thing in constructed. It's a good team attacker, but he can't do anything by himself. He's going in with somebody else. In draft, yeah, I would take this in draft. I would again. He's a good team attacker. If he clobbers somebody more than once, and he's trying to do it three total times, if you clobber the main, 
They could lose because of that. They could lose because of that. Yeah. I'll take him in draft. And he's he's fine and constructed. Invisible Woman is the six drop. She's a 5-9-1 anti-reg. Wings. Invisible. Invisible Woman does not protect characters. And she can attack protected characters. And she creates the wall force. Double blue or... Yeah, okay. So there's a huge problem with this. It worked with the main... Because she had the green ability and wings and she could protect. This doesn't. So if you create the wall of force and they're just like, oh, but she's not actually flight blocking it. I'm going to attack it. You could lose the bubble and have to pay twice. I'm out. I don't think she's better than Vision. I don't think she's better than Hercules. It's like 50-50 she's better than Cable on team. You can't play. You can't play this. If she had two health, if she was like, I wish she was like a 482. I would have played her if she was a 482. But, yeah, it, it, it's way easier to make it to the bubble with this as opposed to the main. In draft, she's a 5'9 flyer in draft. And she has, has quote-unquote stealth in draft. I would take her in draft, but I'm looking elsewhere in constructed. Reed is the final core four member as a supporting character. He's a six-cost 5'5'2 five, five, per reg. Stretch your mind during the build. He makes an invention. That's good. And then stretch your body. When Mr. Fantastic enters combat, double his attack or his defense. Okay, so he's a 10-5 or a 5-10. Okay, for all intents and purposes, this guy is a 5-10 that makes cool things. What does that mean? He's a hybrid, though. So six, as far as six goes, as far as I'm concerned, the best fighting guy on six was Thing, right? Is Thing. He's a 10-6, 4 health. He beats the crap out of you. The best utility, like, I'm going to accrue you value, I'm going to find you a win con, was Maker. 682, makes inventions. This guy has to, by definition, he's somewhere in between that. Because he's as hard to get to as the Maker, but he also can be a 10-5. And if you make weapon, he can be a 10-10. He can be a 10-10 if you make weapon called defense. That's good. Or like a 520 on defense. That's good. This is a good card. I'm actually, I'm a huge fan of this. And the stuff that he makes, we're going to get to that at the end. But weapon, gadget, like those cards are good anyway. If he gains a life, quote unquote, because of those cards, like again, make him a 510, threatening to be a 520 or a 1010. That's good. It's a good card. Dr. Doom is the seven cost in the box. He's fantastic stamped. Flight range, two health, fantastic inventor. During the build, you pay a yellow. Dr. Doom creates two fantastic inventions. Pay seven, draw two unstable molecules. Or on turn eight, after you've already gummed up the board and they didn't make it through, you make two negative zones. This card's actually insane. This card's good. This card's really strong. Pay seven, gain a life, because you, your opponent's not beating two unstable molecules. Yeah. I would play this in Constructed. Yeah. He, he he's worth the cost for sure, I think. I think he's a little small, like, attack-wise, but he's fine. You can play this in confidence because he gains you a life. Your opponent's not beating two unstable molecules. In draft? Yeah, this is another card. I don't want anybody else to have this. If the, if the opponent draws two unstable molecules on seven, and, oh, by the way, he's a 9-6 team attacker, you could lose because of that. No, you can't have that. I'm taking that. The final supporting character is huh, Silver Surfer. He's a defender this time. I guess he joined up with Daredevil and his pals. 
Flight range 515-3. And he has the power cosmic. During any combat, space or earth, stun a supporting character in the combat with cost 7 or less, or stun a main character in the combat with level 2 or less. He's actually the plot twist. He's actually the plot twist on a 515 body for 8. Would you pay for that? If they're not already level 3 or whatever, this could just say you, you're you going to win the game. They can never send their main in. And if Surfer ever has a clear shot at them, he's going to pay the space, right? He also, like, aims down. Like, you can't team him with two sevens. Or, like, you can't send a seven or lower in because he's just going to melt them. He's going to vaporize them with this. That's good. Yeah, it takes, like, two good attacks to put the surfer down. And he has 15 butt. He's good. It's a good card. In draft, I would need at least two space or two earth or some combination of the two. He's bad on rate without the space or earth. But that's not why you're, you're playing him because he actually is like, oh, I'm looking at your main. Your main's going down. I'm looking at this six-cost guy. You're, that guy's going down. It's good. He's a 515 flyer. It's good. All right. Plot twist. The only plot twist we got, non-invention-wise, was fantastic. It is quad family stamped. You need four family members to play this. During any combat, so on attack or defense, it might make rights your guy. Okay. You can't play this. You can't play this, right? I don't have a problem with the ability. If the ability, if that said three but loyalty, you could make the case for it. But I don't even think there are enough family guys turns one through four you can play. Herbie, Wyatt Wingfoot, maybe Human Torch, maybe Alicia Mask. But you flight blocked all of them. They none of them died, and your main wasn't just dying on the board. I guess it's it's that and three. It's your main and three characters. If you curve out, it's it's open. If any of that goes wrong, you have a dead card in your hand and you can never cast it. I think I think the cost is too high. The cost is way too high. But abilities like that are good in the game. Like that's a good ability. It's might makes right. It's good. I actually wish it was three family members and loyalty. It would have saw more play from me, at least. In draft? Unless they're, like, actively picking through the pack to, like, play towards this. I don't think you have to worry, but it's actually super hard to hold this up and fight for the board. Yeah, I'm, I'm out on this in draft, too. We got two inventions. First up is Psycho History. It's an invention pro-reg, so the main character read and the six drop can make it. Predict destructive scenario during the main. You make a prediction where you name a character. The next time a supporting character with that name would appear on an enemy side, reveal your prediction, and it goes to the KO pile instead. They actually don't get their recruit back either, so it's just you lose your recruit. That's brutal. You lose the guy and you just lose your points. Cards like this are actually super necessary to have in the game, and I'm glad it's not for playing through this, especially in, like, competitive scenarios where you know their list you know their win con that would have been brutal to play through four of i'm glad it's a one of a kind that you have to invent this card's a gentleman's card because like you should know you should know 
through the game what your opponent's win con is. And this is like, well, you have to draw it again. It's good. It's a good card. Yeah, it's a good invention for sure. Like, I believe the six cross reads should be making gadget, then weapon, or weapon, then gadget, and then the other card that we're going to talk about. But you could definitely make this at some point. Yeah, for sure. It's a good card. The other invention is the Portal to Prison. It's pro-reg stamp, one cost. It's a machine. It's an invention, and it is a negative zone prison. When a defending enemy supporting character gets stunned, removed, it's super lethal for everybody. Okay. You definitely should be making this at some point in the game. It's so hard to beat this thing. Your guy's not your guy's not here anymore. He's in jail. Um, yeah, this this I want to say it's a game-winning card, but your board needs to be able to help with this. Like, you can't play this and then, like, oh, I hope you don't play a guy. Like, no, that's not going to work. Your opponent's going to try and break this thing up if they can. But if you're ahead, you slap the prison down, they're not coming back from that. It's a good card. Great card, actually. And the last card in the box is a reprint. Thank God. It's an Earth. It's a basic Earth. This game... This game had a problem, a huge problem. Because of what occurred in Fantastic Battles, we didn't have Earth and Space in a Marvel box prior to Monsters Unleashed. So you had to go and buy that 400-card box to get basic Earths and Spaces. We thought for sure that it would be in Fantastic Battles because Negative Zone, Uatu, and references to Galactus and Surfer demanded that they needed earths and spaces but they didn't get them in that arc but we got them now and i'm actually super glad that they did that you can now point new players if they're like fantastic for uh fanboys and fangirls you can aim them at this arc fantastic battles then this then the next box and they'll be set they'll be able to play with all their abilities all the guys in those boxes and then you pick up the rest of it right super happy with that Part of me feels kind of bad, though, because I lost four cards in this box, but it had to happen. I'm immediately going to just not say anything else about it. It needed to happen. We didn't have this prior to Monsters Unleashed, and that box, as a product, is so feels bad that I wouldn't even tell anybody to get it for the basic looks. So we no longer have an Earth and Space problem for Marvel Illustrated decks, which is good. That is Fractured Family. We're going to move into Frightful Foes now. All right. Box two was Frightful Foes. And we're going to start with the man himself. It's God Emperor Doom. At level one, he's a 255 flight and range Frightful Team, a.k.a. Dr. Doom, of course. And he says, prepare for the incursion. During the build, you pay a yellow or a green. Draw a card. Good ability. It says, construct battle world, level up four. At the end of each enemy player's turn, you may reveal any number of cards named Beyonder, Molecule Man, or Earth in your hand. Doom gains that many XP. When Doom levels up, reveal the top card of his battle world pile, and the game enters that domain. Okay, so this Dr. Doom is like, he actually wins, right? He actually, like, amasses a ton of power, and he, like splits the world into his liking the battle world um this xp con is actually super rough he's a 255 
and with no defensive pumps on team or like you need to find shock or find cover like more than one, he could go down in five. He's trying to draw himself into beyond or multiple man or earth. But if you don't have like a grip of them and he flips in like three or four, he could die. Yeah, this XP cons actually, it doesn't read that bad, but like it's the fact that like your opponent gets to tee off on you before you get to check for your stuff. The pay, I think the payoff's there, but this is going to be the hardest hoop to jump over is like, you could just die here. You could just die right here. At level two, God Emperor Doom is a 5.56 five, flight range frightful main. Ruler of Battle World. For the rest of the game, use the Battle World game mode. Okay, so he pulls us into the Battle World, and we're now playing under the Battle World rules. From crossover, what is that, three? The one with Collector and Grandma. Yeah, bat, uh, crossover three. When a defending main character takes a wound, we switch Battle Worlds. But there's an inherent problem with the Battle World game mode itself. You can actually delay the Battle World movement. If you crash your main, we can't move until you recover. I, ha I actually have a huge problem with Battle World. But Patchwork Planet, level up three when the game... Yeah, so this is what I'm talking about. If your opponent wants to play around this... They can crash their guy and you don't get XP because he needs to move to a new one to gain XP. It can't be turned off. Okay, so he needs to fight a guy or or get fought, right? Would that work? I'm not sure if he would see the battle world move if he gets stunned. But if he gets stunned, the battle world would move. But if he attacks and the main... Or if, if anybody attacks and the main goes down... The battle world moves and he gains an XP. There's actually a little bit of silver lining here because one of the battle worlds is Norseheim. And in the little booklet, it says if Norseheim comes out and it says get another one and they both apply, he would actually gain two XP and he needs three. So Norseheim, it's Norseheim and 11 other battle worlds as far as I'm concerned, right? Because that, that it actually cheats your XP. Five, five, six. He's built like Magneto. Like, so he, so he, and that's the thing is like, we're going to get to level three in a second, but he's going to struggle at level one and then he can't fight at level two. So you're going to need to play chunky guys or chunky team attackers and put the main down to move battle worlds. At level three, God Emperor Doom is an eight, eight, seven flight range frightful. This world is mine. Reaction yellow or earth. When the game would move to a new domain, it stays in the current domain instead. This power cannot be turned off. And he is the god of Battle World. Reaction green or earth. When a turn ends, you may have the current domain lose its powers. Okay, so, and that's his game plan, right? It's find, find the Battle World you like and then stay there for as long as possible. If you're on a good battle world and you don't want your opponent to have its effects, just turn it off for that turn. If you have one that you really like, like Doomstot, and we'll get to that at the end, then the world is mine. Just stay there. Stay there as long as you can. And yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the battle world being in constructed, but I think the level one's super rough. He, he's playable though. If you block the attack turn one or turn two and you're like, 
Earth, Earth, Molecule Man, I gained three XP. Or like, hey, look, my hands three Earth, Beyonder, and Molecule Man, I flipped. It, the hardest thing to get through is the level one. The level two is fine. Especially if he gains XP even though he got stunned on the crackback. I'm a fan. And in draft, you can play this in draft. Take yellows. Take yellows and earths because you want the card draw for sure. And you want to be able to stay in the battle world that you like. And the earth also lets you turn it off for your opponent. It's good. It's a good kit. I'm a, I'm a fan of it. The next main character is... Molecule Man. Molecule Man is a 246. Frightful. Range. And energy source. The first time each supporting character on your side would pay one or more blues each turn, it pays one less blue. Okay, so blue superpowers or spellcasters would, would get one less blue, right? You're getting free spells and you're getting free superpowers. Power conduit. Level up six when another character on your side pays one less blue. Molecule Man gains 1 XP. But he doesn't have a blue ability himself, though. If that says you level up on turn 6 or turn 5, he's unplayable, right? I would want to say you need a bunch of little guys with different names that can use blue abilities because you need him to flip as soon as... He has bad stats. He has bad stats and no on-team pump. You need to gain a life somewhere, and you need to flip as fast as possible. At level 2, Molecule Man is a 496 range. Frightful. Energy source is still there, and he has two new superpowers. Animate building. During the build... I remember this, yeah. Double blue, animate your deck. Okay, so his ult, the first part of his ult is your deck becomes a guy. Your deck becomes a supporting character. And its attack and defense are XX, where X is the amount of cards left in your deck. When it dies, it just goes to your KO pile. But it also has monstrous and massive. It attacks whole rows. It's a cool ability. I think it has one health, too. So you get one really big guy. And then the other part of the ability is... The other part of his abilities is reconstitute matter. During the build, you pay one blue, shuffle your KO So he can, like... He can, like, keep trying to have the building just fall on you. That's cool. The The payoff's there, I think. Uh, You can, like, this is, like, deck builder's delight. You can, like, strap abilities on your deck. I'm going to give my deck wings. I'm going to give my deck, like, ferocious and stuff. It's cool. I, I like what's going on here, but the XP con's really rough. You need, like, your whole deck damn near needs to play towards that. And if he doesn't flip until, like, five or six... I feel like he's unplayable. He's unplayable in that instance, yeah. You can figure it out in Constructed, I think. I think he can be playable in Constructed, but in Draft? The deck would be, like, significantly smaller in Draft. And again, you still would need little guys cost three or less that use blue abilities. So you're, like, hate drafting those in the pack. He His stats are fine at level two, though. His stats are fine at level two. He has six health. Take blues... Take blue users and take defensive pumps in draft, and you could have a good time with him. Next up, we're gonna talk about the maker. The maker at level one is a two five six frightful. Anything is possible. You start the game with an invention pile, which may include frightful inventions and any others that characters in your deck could invent. 
at the start of the game, shuffle those inventions into your deck. This game, you can play inventions ignoring team stamps. This is another thing that I kind of was wanting to see in the game where, like, he's manipulating your deck size. Like, you're not playing a 60-card deck. You're playing a 75, 80-card deck. Cool. I'm going to solve everything. If a character on your side would create an invention, instead, reveal the top five cards of your deck. Put an invention from among them into your hand and put the rest on them. He doesn't shuffle. Okay. I am Reed Richards. When you play an invention, the maker gains XP. He needs to do that four times. You need to... Okay, there's a bunch of one-cost and free-cost inventions that this is not that bad of an XP con. They're all in the deck, so you have to find them, but you can ignore team stamps. Frank Drake's, uh, the gun. The gun he makes, you can just play it. Weapon, you can just play it. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in so far. This reads like a really fun invention matters main character at level two the maker is a five nine six he's still going to solve everything and he gains the ultimate reed richards when you play an invention draw a card this guy's actually cool this guy's actually cool i would need to sit down and read every invention because if you there's a cost to this especially with the family members if you play like reed richards in your deck you have to take the the fantastic car. So we're looking for a bunch of we're looking for a bunch of characters that have good inventions anyway, like Tony Stark, Frank Drake, even the frightful guys which we'll get to his new inventions later, but I'm a fan of this. I'm a he's super fair too. He's like, "Hey, look at me with my 80 card deck and like I'm trying to flip on 3 or 4 and I'm trying to get value out of cards I wanted to invent anyway." That's cool. He's cool, man. He doesn't shuffle. So, like, realistically, you could chain inventions into finding more inventions. That's cool. I like this main a lot, man. We're going to talk about Kang and his goons now. This is a lot. So, it always starts with Kang. Kang at level 1 is a 263 flight range frightful main. Prime Kang. You start the game with a Kang collective. Swarm, you can have any number of characters named Kang's power can't be turned off. Good. That's important for a supporting character from uh, the previous family arc. And then return to the time stream. When Kang gets KO'd, you may put him into your resources. He mantises. That's cool. Okay. The Kang Collective is as follows. You start with this one, and there are four others. And it says... Turn three, turns three, six, nine, and 12, you get a random Kang from the Kang pile, right? But only on those turns, like only when you have exactly three, six, nine, and 12 resources. So like, you can't like, you can't stay at three and then get like all of them come out on, on the third resource. No, you have to keep going up. So that's what this Kang does. Two, six flight range becomes a mantis let's look at ramatut cool art he's an 05 range three health frightful he has all of the kang stuff so the collective swarm and he is kang and he has the ultra diode ray ramatut has plus one plus oh for each resource on your side his power can't be turned off okay so if he comes out on turn three he's a three five six he's a six five nine he's a nine five and then 12 he's a okay that's fine that's cool yeah, 
He's like the big beater. He's like the big brother of, of, of the little gang. Sure. It's random though. So like, what if he comes out as a three, five, he's a three, five, three, but he gains more as, as the game keeps going. He keeps growing. Sure. It's fine. I would want him to be like the second, the second Kang to come out. I think a six, five on turn six, like it's okay. He'd be a fine team attacker. Iron Lad. He's a 5-0-3 flight and range. He has the Kang stuff, Collective Swarm, aka Kang, and he has neurokinetic armor. He has plus one defense for each resource. Okay, so you definitely don't want him to be the first one because he'd be a 5-3. That's bad. If he's a 5-6 or a 5-9, that's good. That's where you want to be at. And we have Immortus. Immortus is a 1-4-3 with the Kang package, the Kang kit. And he has the ruler of limbo. At the start of your turn, look at a number of cards from the top of your deck equal to the number of resources you have. Put one in your hand. Card advantage. I want him first. I would want him first. And then Rama Tut, I guess. 6-5, yeah. And then Iron Lad. And then the other one. So the last one is Silver Centurion. He's a 6-3-3 range. They all have three health. And he has the Kang kit, and he gains, your future is doomed. At the start of your turn, each enemy player puts a number of cards from the top of their deck. He mills you based on the resources you have. Yeah, he should feel, he should feel really strong 9 or 12. Okay, so I have a problem with this whole kit. Like, they, they read interesting, they read cool, but I feel like they have no direction. I have, what is that, 15 health of mains that... Like, they don't feel like they band together at all. They just are random guys with the same name that can team attack. But, like, there's no, like, payoff. Like, where's the payoff? Like, if all of them are on the side, you, like, reset time or time time nonsense, right? That's not what happens. What happens is the first one dies or could die before the second one comes out. And then, like, so you're, it's a race against 12. Like, oh, can I get them all out and get my 15 life that I paid for, right? I, I overall, I'm not really a huge, like, diehard fan of this, but it's interesting. And if you fit a win con in there, he's giving you the time throughout the course of figuring out how to live and how to not die and how to see the next Kang. You could be amassing a win con and, and win the game that way. That's cool. That's fine. They all separately do something interesting and cool, but it's random. You can't control it. So who knows when Iron Lad's going to be your flying defender? Who knows when Silver Centurion's going to start milling, right? There's an interesting tension that's built throughout the course of the game. In draft, they'd, they'd be a fun little laugh for a round or two in draft. I don't know that they have the win cons or like the cards that they need in draft to live, though. But that's the Kang Collective. Let's talk about Galactus. Galactus is an 887. Frightful flight range. And he says, I have need of a new herald. Galactus starts the game at level 3. But is passive. So he cannot attack or strike back. Unless a face-up herald of Galactus is on your side. So you play a Herald and you unlock your guy. He's an 8-8 flyer. And he says, I am the absence of opposites. This game 
enemy main characters cannot level up into level three or higher. And enemy supporting characters with cost eight or higher cannot appear. Okay. So he's like, I he's like, I'm gonna have a rough time with this game. So so are you. This guy actually presents a very interesting scenario where how do I know that this guy's in the room? How do I know that I'm not supposed to play eights or nines or ten drops in my deck? If I don't play against this guy, I wouldn't know the difference. But if I did, especially in like a tournament setting, my curve stops at seven, right? That's huge. It, it's fitting because like Galactus is supposed to be like this looming this looming presence and we don't know if Galactus is going to be there or not. And like, this is like the versus personification of that. It's cool. In draft, I would take this. Yeah, I would take this in draft and I would hate all the heralds. Give me all of the heralds in draft In constructed. I don't know. I don't know that he has enough heralds that matter in game to feel good. When I last talked about Galactus, I brought up it a point to say, I don't like Praetor. I don't like Fallen One on rate. I don't like that Airwalker doesn't do anything if Galactus is the main. And I don't like Morgue. So more than half of the heralds that we have right now, as far as I'm concerned, are unplayable. What does that mean for Galactus? That means he's strung into almost the same spot that the original Galactus was. Play feels good heralds, get to the heralds, profit, right? He He's like, more than that, he's like, I can't even play the game unless you draw those guys or play those guys. And you probably still need to make concessions on turn four. Like, hey, you know what? I have to play the fallen one or I have to play this Praetor, which does nothing for my deck. I think it's an interesting problem to solve. And by solving that, you are the looming presence in a game store or in a tournament. Did I pack eights and had to play against Galactus? That felt really rough. They were face down resources. Very, very, especially if there's a level three in a format or in a tournament that's like haymakering people and Galactus is like, nope, you can't do that because I'm having a bad day, so so are you. That's interesting, man. It's very interesting design. Those are the main characters. Let's get to the supporting characters now. First up, we have Cynthia Von Doom. She's a 131, frightful, one of a kind, and she is the mother of doom. At the start of your main phase, put a plus one, plus one counter on a character named Dr. Doom. That is God Emperor Doom, original Dr. Doom, and Christopher Nard if he picks up his AKA Doom. Why is this one of a kind though? She's like your Dr. Doom main or your Dr. Doom seven drop has climb why is she a, why is she one of a kind though i don't understand there's no way that's too strong right she could have been a four of i don't get it man whatever uh if you're on doom take her in draft right you should play her in constructed too but now we have this thing of where like if I don't see her in the top 20, she doesn't matter in the mid to late game, right? I think she she could have been a four of. There's no way that's too strong. It feels bad. Pack her anyway and hope for the best in Constructed and take her and draft if you're on exactly Doom, right? Yeah. 
Next up, Quiet Man. He's a two-cost, one-for-one, frightful creator of Eden. When Quiet Man appears, look at the top five of your deck. You may reveal a special location from among them and put them in your hand. Put the rest of He doesn't shuffle. Interesting. Okay, in order for the math to check out, he needs 12 Wild Lokes in your deck. Wakanda, Shield Safe House, Baxter Building, or Danger Room, School for Gifted Youngsters, Asteroid M. Maybe even more than that. 12 is like the bare minimum. In order for him to feel like a bad cane that got you a Wild Loke. In Constructed, I don't know that there are many decks that do that, but you can probably try this out. We're, we're getting more wild Lokes or more special Lokes that matter, like Nexus of All Realities and things like that. So, I think it's worth it. If he gets the card, he feels like the best two-drop ever. Like, you get to be you get to be way ahead as far as card advantage. And he actually felt like Kane in that way. But if he misses, he's a one-for-one, do-nothing. That feels bad. In Draft, it'd be one in five in 40 on turn two. I think that means eight to like seven or eight wild logs. I don't think that's feasible in draft, but yeah, he doesn't have the stats to make up for it either. I would stay away from this in draft, but you can try it and construct it. If you're playing 12 wild logs for whatever reason, you can play this. She thing is the other two. She's a two cost four, four, two frightful temporary insanity. When she thing gets stunned, if she is frightful, Recover her. She, she has like pseudo tough. For the rest of the game, she becomes a good guy. She becomes family and loses frightful. That's interesting. If you're counting on her to be a frightful team attacker, eventually she's going to turn coat and leave, right? She's going to break the brainwash. If you're a family member, you need her to go down such that she's a 4 4 1 team attacker. She's on like little guy cleanup duty. Unless you unless you had a way for her to not trade or not go down on the attack. I like the card though. She's a good team attacker. She's a good team attacker. If they don't kill her and you get two frightful team attacks out of her, that's good. But as soon as they put a wound on her, she's a good guy. Interesting. I don't remember. I think Ganymede was like the closest to a family fighting three. So, like, you can go the other way where, like, oh, I want my frightful she-thing to lose her mind and become a good guy so that she can team attack with the rest of the family. But that puts you into a weird situation where, like, oh, but I'm playing the five-cost she-thing. She's good in draft. She's a 4-4-2. Regardless of the stamp she has, take her in draft. I want her to team attack with frightful guys with the stamp. Paste Pot Pete. Three-cost, one, six, one, Gun, Frightful, a.k.a. Trapster. He says, sticky situation. When Pace Pot Pete strikes an exhausted defender, it cannot, it's frozen. He could keep doing it, too. He just perma, he can stun lock your main. He can stun lock the opponent's main. I would play this in draft. I'd take one in draft. If your opponent's main is ever tapped or exhausted and you shoot it, they may never get up again. They may never get up again. Yeah, take one in draft. In Constructed... He has good stats. He has survivable stats. He has to strike it. If they don't shock, their main could get stunlocked. I'm I'm actually okay with this guy. I'm actually okay with this guy. I like him. He doesn't turn on any like super impactful frightful stamps, but 
you could definitely try this out in constructed. Valeria Richards is the four cost. She's a four cost, two, four, one, frightful, and she's frightfully smart. When Valeria appears, draw a card and choose an enemy player to discard a random card. Man, the ability is good, but she's super bad on rate. I wish she was like Black Cat, two cost, or like even a three cost, four, four, one. I'm out on Constructed. I don't want to pay four to draw a card. And I don't want to pay four to discard a random card from the opponent. But that ability is actually bomb and draft. That ability is bomb and draft. This is another card, though. She doesn't turn on important frightful plot twists. So you're playing this exclusively for the ability. And the ability is not that good when it's accompanied by a 2-4 four for four. That's bad. Those are bad stats. The Brute is a 5-cost zero, zero, 2 frightful team. And he has brutish intelligence. The brute has plus one, plus one for each card in your hand. This power could, we actually have a card draw payoff. That is by definition a guy that cares about you drawing a ton of cards throughout the course of the game. In draft, I think he's fair on rate in draft as a 5-5 five, five or a 6-6. Six, six. But in constructed, you could push this guy to be a 10-10, 12-12. You can easily push this guy to be more than double what you paid for him to be. I'm playing this in Constructed for sure. I'm playing this in Card Draw Matters decks. In Draft, he has two health. If he's a 6-6 six, six or a 7-7 seven, seven in Draft, you're happy with that. And the last supporting character is Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom is a 7-cost, 10-5-2 flight and range Guardian of the Galaxy. Doom of the Galaxy. When Dr. Doom appears... You may search your deck for a space location. Notice that doesn't say basic, so I think you can go get a wild log with a space on it or nexus of all realities. Reveal it and put it into your hand. Mind transfer. When Dr. Doom appears, you may move him next to an enemy supporting character. If you do, move the character. He steals your best guy, but they get a 10-5-2 flyer. Interesting. There are way better abilities in this, and I actually am in the camp that I would rather just kill the guy with, like, Zorn or something. But this is actually a 7 I've been asking for because it's it's technically Cardiff. He's getting you a space, and he's trading up. Like, I'm going to become an 8-cost or a better 7 or a better 9-drop, right? This card's actually good. I don't know that you're supposed to play him, though, because you can find abilities like that for cheaper, and you can find better abilities that just outright kill the guy. In draft, he's a Walmart baby girl. He's a Walmart Jean Grey. And yes, you have to deal with a 10-5-2 flyer twice, but if you're smart in who you stole, that guy should clear the doom. You're ahead. That's good in draft. In constructed... He's a two, this is actually a seven drop that I was kind of wanting to see a different a different seven that doesn't just fight, and I would actually try him out. Yeah, it's good. It's a good card. All right, let's check out plot twists, and this is the frightful equivalent of fantastic. It's frightful. Four frightful guys. Any turn, any combat, it latent mutations your guy. Ah. Uh, this is actually worse than Fantastic. I'd rather play towards Fantastic. 
I I can't play this anywhere. I can't play this is a resource, man. Especially because it's so hard to play this. Most of the guys three down on the frightful side don't have two health. Like it's hard to hold this up. It's harder to hold this up than fantastic. And the payoff is not as good as Might makes right. I'm out on this. We have Doctor Doom and Galactus boss mode as well as Kang and Castle Doomstot. It's a battle world, so it matters to God Emperor Doom. And it says characters named Doctor Doom have plus five. Yeah. Okay. So at level three, your goal as God Emperor Doom at level three is find Castle Doomstot and stay there for as long as you can. He's a thirteen thirteen, and you can turn it off for your opponent in the mirror. That's good. And we have an equipment. Cool. It is Big Bang Cannon. It's a zero-cost equipment machine frightful. Invention 3. And it says, while a character on your side is defending, anytime you can take an action in combat, you may put this from your hand onto your side. Cool. And then it says, Singularity Disruptor. Enemy characters have minus one, minus one while attacking character in this row. Wow. That's pretty cool. I think the first one's bad because... Like, that's like an anti-power-up, right? But two is like EMH for your whole board or your whole row. And then three is unwavering for your whole row. It's really hard to beat three of these. And it can come... You can, like, flash it out on defense. That's cool, man. You don't have to preemptively set up the cannon. It can, like... It can, like, come out on defense. That's cool. I like this card a lot. You're looking to find two. Maybe even all three. One is probably not good enough. All right, let's check out the Afterlife Transporter. It's a three-cost machine equipment, and it's an invention. Family or Frightful Stamped, invention one, and it says bring back to life. During your build phase, you may exhaust a ready main character on your side. If you do, put a Fantastic or Frightful character from your KO pile, from your KO pile into your hand. Man! Recurring abilities like this are really important for the game, and I'm actually super happy that this card is here. But it's super restricted. You only get family characters back or frightful guys back. So, like, what's the general like baseline application? Recur your Doom bots, or like just recur your top end if they get discarded or they die in the late game. This is a generally good card. Like the layout is still unstable unstable gadget weapon or like you're still trying to make uh psycho history or portal to prison before this but if the game gets like locked up in the mid and your main can't get through and it doesn't do anything it's in the back row you can recur guys this is a good card overall i'm really happy with this and the last card in the box is the basic space yeah, uh, everything I said about the Earth applies here. Maybe less so because there aren't as many space burners in this arc or in the family portion of verses, but this is just a quality of life. We needed this to happen, and it happened, so I'm grateful. All right, that was Frightful Foes. We're going to head into the third and final box of the arc, Future Foundation. Jennifer Walters, at level one, she is fantastic stamped. 045 health, aka She-Hulk, and she is seriously injured. She-Hulk starts the game with two wounds. Okay. Gamma irradiated blood transfusion. 
Level up two. At the start of your main phase, Jennifer may pay one green or reveal a Hulk in your hand. If she does, heal a wound from her and she gains an XP. Okay, so you're looking for two of eight or one green and one top end guy that you were forced to play, right? I feel like you would play three to four Hulks and the eight greens. She should flip it on two. With, and that would put her at, they're going to put the wound right back on. So she's going to flip with two wounds on the play. And then on the draw, she's going to flip with three wounds. What's the payoff? At level two, She-Hulk is a 666, the number of the beast. Fantastic stamped. She now has Savage She-Hulk. During the main, you pay green, wound She-Hulk, and a character she could attack. She's wound XL on your main, okay? You wouldn't like them when they're angry. When She-Hulk or a Hulk on your side attacks, put plus one, plus one counters on it, equal to the total wounds on both She-Hulk and Hulk characters on Okay. Man, on the draw, I don't feel like you can do Savage She-Hulk more than like once or twice. You're killing yourself. If she has three, you flip, put yourself to four, and then swing in your 10-10. If they answer the counters or put you a five, yeah, like you're done. Honestly, what's really going to happen is Savage She-Hulk is just supposed to say you win the game. You're supposed to do that when they're at two to give and you can send a good attack in to kill them. You wouldn't like them when... Man, the problem is I have to play Hulk. You're asking me to play a 7-7-2 seven, seven, with ba a bad ability or a 10-10-4 ten, ten, with bad abilities. If she makes the 8-drop Hulk a 14-14 flyer, is that good? But she can't team attack with me is my other thing. Like, where's the family Hulk at? She needed a Hulk in box, I think. I, I know for a fact we don't have one in this box, but... I think she needs a big cousin team attacker for me to super duper duper care about this. She's on her own. It's two of eight greens and then flip, fight, grow by three, grow by three, grow, grow by four to kill them. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm interested in, I'm actually, I'm a huge fan of this character and I actually like the wound excel. I really do like the wound excel. Maybe you can like, maybe you can cheese it with like, healing wounds and then putting them right back on because if she's at three on the draw you can only savage she hulk once or twice or you just lose but if you can do it two or three times due to like some kind of like med kit or clemens in illustrated i would want to savage she hulk every turn if i could in draft you would only need to do it once or twice she actually flips really fast in draft and Depending on the Hulks that you get, like a 10-10 flyer from the Defender's Hulk is not that bad in draft. I wish she could team attack with her with her cousin, though. Let's talk about Submariner. Submariner at level 1 is a 4-3 flyer. 6 health, frightful, aka Namor. He's angry. Submariner must be in your first attack each turn. If able, it can be a team attack. He has invade. If he attacks a back row defender, they can't strike back. And then his XP con is, join the Fantastic Four. When a Fantastic Four character appears on your side, Submariner gains one XP. He turns into a good guy. He becomes Family Mariner. You need four family members to appear. And normally I would say this is a Civil War XP con, except 
what one drops would you play? Alicia Masters doesn't do anything for him until he flips. Willie Lumpkin does nothing. And Shala Ball has no text. You can go one, 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 three, but he he needs to go the other way. He needs to deal the wounds. He has bad stats at level one. And if he flips and has bad stats, so he's like pulling himself away from his XP con, but he's gonna need the stat buff. Weird. All right, let's check out his level two. At level two, Submariner is an 866. Family stamp now. He's a good guy now. Wings, slightly less angry. Submariner must be in your first or second attack each turn if able. He has invade still and he gains safeguard. Characters in Submariner's role without safeguard cannot be attacked. Okay. He picks up the Alicia Masters benefit at level two. He's an 8-8 right flight blocking the alicia masters but that's rough he doesn't grow he's angry but he doesn't grow he needs to deal the wounds at level one it's weird that they made this guy like hey i'm so angry i'm so ready to punch people look at me punch people and then at level two he's like uh i don't need to do that anymore but you still need to do that he actually still needs to do it <laughs> he needs to deal the wounds in draft, he's going to flip on four in draft. He's going to flip on four in draft. He's not unplayable. His XP con is achievable. You have to ignore the frightful half of his fighting capabilities at level one. And like once you flip, you never care about frightful again. That's weird. Why isn't he dual stamped? I wish he was dual stamped. Man. And, like, he has safeguards, so he's, like, trying to play defense and protect your guys, but his stats don't match. He wants to trade based on his stats. But, yeah, oh, by the way, if I didn't go down, you also have to, like, kind of care about my back row. I don't I don't know. I, he's playable in draft, though. He's an 866. He's playable in draft, and he flips on four. He's playable in draft. But without, without ways to grow him and construct it or, like, man, that's crazy that he wants... Like, he wants to fight at level one. He doesn't grow, though. He doesn't grow on his own. Man, that's hard. It's hard to say. It's hard to say if you should play him and construct it, man. It's hard to say. I don't want to play Willie Lumpkin and Alicia Masters and Shala Ball just for the sake of flipping a turn earlier. They don't do anything for the main that's like, oh, I need to play all 12 of these one drops. I'm going to say try him out in Constructed. But if he's not dealing the wounds turns 1, 2, and 3, they gained 3 life for him to be an 8-6 defensive guy. We'll see what that means for him later down the road. All right. Now, we're going to talk about Mantle Ant-Man at level 1. Is a 2-5-5 family stamp. Shrink. When Mantle Ant-Man gets attacked the first time he's turned, you may cancel the combat. Left in charge for 4 minutes. Characters named Human Torch, Invisible Woman, Mr. Fantastic, and Thing can't appear on your side. Uh-oh, level up one. Starting, <laughs> starting on your fourth turn during your build phase, you may reveal your hand. If you reveal Human Torch, Invisible Woman, Mr. Fantastic, and Thing, the core four, put all characters with those names in your hand on the bottom of your deck then draw that many cards shuffle then shuffle your deck and ant-man gains an xp okay 
So, like, you can't even open with the core four. He has to wait until turn four, and then he can start trying to level up. So you're, like, immediately on the back foot. I'm a 2-5-5 five, five with Shrink. If you send two, two attacks in, I may take the hit. He could die before he flips. He could die before he flips. What's he do at level two? Man, what's he do at level two? At level two, Mantle Ant-Man is a 5-5 five, five family stamped. The Antastic Four. All characters on your side have Shrink. He gives everybody Shrink, okay? Including himself, right? Yeah. The Fantastic Four are missing. Human Torch, Invisible Woman, Mr. Fantastic, and Thing. So the core four cannot appear on your side until they return. And then it says the Fantastic Four return. Starting, ha! Yeah, okay. Starting on your eighth turn. Okay. All right, let's read the rest of it, whatever. Once per game, during your build phase, if the core four in your hand... You may just put them on your side. I like that, but why does he have to wait? That's so brutal. That's messed up, man. It's not even when you have eight resources. It's You've had to sit there for eight real turns. That's brutal, man. So I'm on the back foot. I'm already a 255 with shrink. And I cannot level up until turn four. But then I have to wait four more turns. Yeah, this is this is when the joke is just not funny. And the flavor, it just costs us a real main, right? Don't play this in draft. I don't care. Don't play it in draft. In constructed, I think Kid Kaiju would take games off of you. Don't play this. The last main character is Thor. This is near the end of the timeline. The world was lost. The universe was in shambles. And Thor was the last god standing. And he needed a bit of help from Galactus to stop. I don't even remember what the evil was. The Black Winter or something? And he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it by myself. Hey, Galactus, lend me your strength. Lend me your cosmic power and we'll stop this guy. And Galactus is like, all right, yeah, let's team up just this once. And this is the result. Thor at level one is frightful. Flight range, seven health, four, three. Herald of Galactus. You pay one less to recruit Galactus, okay? Energy of five worlds. Level up one at the start of your main phase. If there are locations with five different names on your side, Thor gains an XP. When Thor levels up, he may stun an enemy supporting character. That's his keyword. It's interesting that they're trying that out now. Your guy does a cool thing when they flip. Interesting. Without that, he's a 437 that heralds Galactus. That, uh, that XP con's actually rough. That XP con's actually rough. You need... what is That's like 24 to 26 loads to like help with that. If you miss any of them... Because he's taking seven... He could take seven and seven... He could take five and five before he flips. This XP con's rough, man. I know it's rough. And this is what I mean about mains like this. He doesn't help himself. He doesn't say, pay X, go get a loke with a different name. He doesn't do that at all. He's like, just, I hope you draw it. And that feels bad, man. That feels bad. If you don't draw five different named lokes in five, 
you could just die before he gets to do his cool thing. What's he do at level two, though? At level two, Thor is 777. It's a lucky number. Flight and range, he's still a herald of Galactus, and he gains Galactus Bomb. During the main, you pay a blue. You may remove a Galactus character in your hand from the game. If you do, stun each enemy character. He wraths you. Uh, it's a catch-up mechanic, right? Because you're behind. If you were fighting and trading, you're about to lose. If you had to kick back and wait for your five lobes, you lost the board. So he's playing catch-up. It's a good catch-up mechanic, though. And he's still a herald, so you can still play your Galactus. I think that's the payoff. That and the seven health. He's like a reliable, hey, I'm probably going to drop Galactus on you, turn seven, eight, or nine. You can play this in draft. He's a seven, seven, seven. And if you play a bunch of different named Lokes, he's going to flip eventually. You have to be careful, though. He has trading aggro stats at level one. He could die in seven. He could take five and five and then need the Galactus Bomb at level two. And Constructed, I'm trying to figure out what abilities let you cheat his XP con. But if you can cheat it, even if it's just by a turn, that means so much for the kit. And when he flips and takes the board back or ties up the game... He's like, yeah, well, just wait until Galactus comes. It's interesting. It's different. It's not unplayable, but there are some difficulties with this. I think those are all the mains. Yep. Okay. Let's start talking about some characters now. One cost Mantle Carnage is a 1-1-2 Frightful Stamped Range Superior Carnage. When Mantle Carnage appears... Put a plus one, plus one counter on him. Each other frightful guy on your side, including the main. And he has symbiosis. Okay, so if he's Hellcat with symbiosis, that's not good enough. That's a 2-2 two, two on one with exactly your frightful main. And he helped team attack twice. I don't like that. I want him to be a 3-3. Three, three. And this card actually scales good to the game. Like, if you're on mono frightful... Or, like, you have a bunch of guys and he can come out and be a 4-4 four, four or 5-5. Five, five. It's a good guy for one. In draft, I think he'll be a Hellcat in draft. It's not bad in draft, though. Like, don't get me wrong. 2-2 two, two for one is fine. It's okay, but the potential on here is way better than that. Like, you can have a 3-3, three, three, four, four, five, 5 for one that doesn't shrink down when it gets stunned. That's good. Take him in draft. Take him in draft and try him out. And in constructed, you're basically married to all four of these with a frightful main because this is the only thing close to a fighting frightful team attacker on one that you have. Decent card. Overall decent. Next up, we have Ant-Man. Ant-Man is a two-cost family stamped one-to-one chosen by Mr. Fantastic. You pay one less to recruit Ant-Man, mantle Ant-Man, if... Mr. Fantastic is on your side or in your hand. Hmm. So I get to reveal my seven cost or my six cost, and this is a one cost one to one. Okay. Otherwise, he's a he's an understated two drop. Shrink of genius. When Ant Man is attacked the first time each turn, you may cancel the combat, or he makes an invention. Trading him up for a gadget or unstable molecules. Yeah. But this is another one of those cards where, like, him in the front row means you gained a life. Because I'm never giving you those cards. I'm never giving you that. I wish he was a one cost inherently. 
but the reduced cost makes it not feel as bad if you have Reed in your top end or Reed as the main. As as a one cost one to one, he's there. He's there. But I'm not paying the full price for this. In draft, <laughs> you can pay the full price for this because him dying, either he dies and you get a cool card or you gained a life because of this guy jumping in the way. Like, hey, I really want that unstable molecules. And, and the opponent's like, no, I'm not going to let you have that. It's decent in draft. The other two cost guy is Spider-Man. Spider-Man is a two cost three, three, one family stamped. He has Dodge and he has fantastic suit. When Spider-Man gets powered up, he may create, man, there are so many Spider-Mans in this game now. Okay. Are you supposed to play more than just the four of these? This is constructed playable. There's no debate. He like, he like powers up, makes unstable, makes unstable, makes gadget, makes weapon. You can like never die because of this guy. And like there's other stuff they can make too. He can make negativism, which is insane. Are you supposed to play? I think so. I think so. I think so. I think if you can like be swifty and like play a top end Spider-Man for when this guy finally does check out. But like, oh, I played the two drop first, so I'm going to power him up. Yeah, this is a good card, man. In draft, take one for sure. I don't think you'll ever get the chance to if you don't open it in the pack because this card's actually bomb. But if you see it, take it for sure. And try to find a couple other Spider-Mans in draft. In constructed, he's basically a four of this is like this is like upper class utility twos that create value. Three cost. First, we're gonna talk about Medusa. Medusa is a three cost four five one family. Chosen by Invisible Woman, you pay one less to recruit Medusa if Invisible Woman's on your side or in, or you reveal her in your hand. Okay. A two cost four five one with this superpower I'm going to talk about. Yeah. But she's actually fine on rate as like a defensive three drop that does a cool thing that we're about to talk about. Here she is. Nice pun. Uh, during the main, you pay a red. Choose an enemy character to be passive this turn or immobile. Yeah, she's good, man. She helps you fight for the board, and she helps you protect your guys. Like, you're not getting my guys back. You're immobile. Or you're passive. You're not striking back this turn. Um, Yeah, you can play this. If you're on red, if you're on building, you can play this for sure. You can play this for sure. Um, In draft? Yeah, I think she's oh she's fine as a three cost. I'm not even caring about the her being a two cost, because that shouldn't happen most of the time. I think we're past playing... The five cost on team and the six drop anti-res is probably not good enough. So, yeah, she's going to be a three drop most of the time. It's fine, though. She's fine. She's good. The other three drop in the box is Destroyer. Destroyer is a three cost, three, two, two, frightful stamped, flight and range. And he's a herald of Galactus. You pay one less to recruit Galactus supporting characters. And he is infused with Galactus's life energy during the main. Pay a blue. KO a wounded supporting character. Wow, you can kill your own guys with that too. Okay. Destroyer pays one. It's free if Galactus. Okay, so yeah. You were already going to play all four of these in the level three uh, hateful Galactus. The newer Galactus. But 
you can play this outside of pay a blue kill a guy you're finishing him it's finish him ko wound a guy you can pay a blue for that that's good he he blues up you can like team attack put a wound on a better guy like a four or five and then blue kill it and they're behind on the board the longer he stays out the worse it is and as a herald the longer he stays out the worse it is it's a good card in draft him being in draft means that Galactus is probably somewhere out there. And if you're not on Galactus yourself, hate these out. Don't let Galactus have this. And this is a good this is a good three drop, honestly. He's a bit small, but he makes up for it because if he ever sees a wounded guy, you're getting vaporized. Four cost. First up, we have She-Hulk. She-Hulk is a 5-4-2. Family stamped. Chosen by thing. You pay one less through. Okay. I don't know if she can be a three drop, but her stats as a three drop are actually super good. A three costs five, four, two with clobbering time, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, I, I would pay three for that. Four cost. She's actually small. She's smaller. And like on, on team, on raid, Lyja fights just as hard with flight and range. Are you supposed to pay four for this? I don't know. But she's a team attacker and she has... Do I get to say it's clobbering time? During combat green, she all gets... Yeah, she's clobbering timing you. She's good as a three. She's good as a three. But four? Like, if I'm going to play a card like this, a fighting four with upside, I'm still in ultra girl camp. Like, I want it to do something right away. You're gonna feel great about this if you're playing main and if you're playing thing in your 60. Because if she's a three cost five four two, that's like up there as far as fighting threes goes in Illustrated. The other four cost is Madame Medusa. She's a three eight one frightful, aka Medusa, and she has frightful forelock. When Madame Medusa appears, choose an enemy character to become immobile until she leaves play. Including the main. They're stuck in the hair. Uh, you don't have to pay for it. The original Medusa made you pay for it. But this one's just like, oh, I'm here now. You're stuck. Figure it out. You can play this in draft. This is this actually could feel like a win con in draft. You're a guy that took like three, four wounds. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. So, And even if they clear her, the guy was still where you wanted it to be on your next turn. Yeah, I would play this in draft for sure. One or two for sure. In Constructed, turn four is really competitive in Illustrated. But if the stamp matters, I feel like you can get away with... That ability is actually good. That ability is actually really strong. Yeah. She's worth a two, three of as a as a tryout in, in Illustrated. Five cost. We have Crystal. She's a six, three, one, flight and range. Fantastic stamped. And she's an elementalist. When Crystal appears, search your deck for a basic blue, yellow, green, or red that you don't already have in your resource row. Reveal it in... Man, if she was a three, she'd be the most played three drop in the game. It's crazy that, like, we we need... We outright demand abilities like this at times. And... 
we got it, but it's on a five cost bad body character in draft. I think you can take this anyway. If your abilities bomb and you need to chain it, she's like, you get to chain it. But I don't know that I would play as a constructed, man. She's bad on rate. She's bad on rate. Oh, God. I don't even want her to be the alternative five because my main five is killing the opponent. My alternative is accruing value and giving my opponent a headache. She's like, well, if you didn't get to do your thing the first four turns, you can do it this one time. You can do it the one time in Illustrate. I'm not a fan of that. If she had good stats, you can play her as just like a 772 jobber that, oh, but by the way, you got a basic log out of playing this anyway. I'll look elsewhere for log fixing, but abilities like that are necessary for the game. I just. If she was a three or even a four with the same abilities, I would have considered it. Six cost. First up, we have Sandman. He's a five, six, two, frightful. And he just says, frightful forearms. During the main, you pay a green. Sandman strikes up to two characters he could attack. For five, though, it's out of combat strikes, though, right? If you clear the front row, he can kill, like, two really hateful annoying back row guys he actually can hit the main too so if they have bad stats like human torch at level two is a seven five if he didn't grow you can like out of combat strike him sure why are we why are we it feels like turn six is going backwards though like i'm not playing this because he's like trying to be a fighting six he's not a fighting six and the stamp doesn't matter the stamp isn't that important to me right there's better sixes on team. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. In draft, the ability's good in draft, but the the body's bad. It's not a good card, man. <sighs> he has two health. He has five fight. He's, he's actually Lady Deathstrike. That's insane. That's how I know the card's bad. You can take him in draft. You can take him in draft. He fights twice with your main in draft. He's plus five fight. I wouldn't even use that ability in draft. If I win the board, you don't need to do that. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out on the ability, and I'm out on him in Constructed, but you can try him in Draft. Take one in Draft, and you need to be on a Frightful main. The other six in the box is Dragon Man. Dragon Man is an 8-8, 2 health, flight range, fantastic stamped. And he is a pacifist genius at the end of your turn. If Dragon Man is ready, draw a card. So as far as fighting sixes goes, he's up there for sure. He's an 8A flyer. But he's also a good static utility six. If you need him to draw the cards and like you're ahead on board, play him, have him be ready, and draw that card. You actually can force the card draw out of this. Whereas cards like Morbius on six, you had to wait and have him stay up. But... If you don't need the card draw or you need to deal wounds, he's an 8-8. That's good. This is a snap take in draft. Honestly, if you see a card like this, take it. Even more so than other utility sixes. And he's honest. Honestly, he's right there as far as fighting sixes go outside of the extremes. He's an 8-8 flyer. Take him in draft. In constructed, yeah. I mean, if you're ahead, draw the card, dude. Draw the card, man. And if you, if you need to fight, 
Again, he's an 8-8. That's a good team. He's a good team. He can fight by himself, too. Good card, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. With, I'm really happy with this card. On team, who did we have? Who did we have that was seen play? Thing? Redshift? Yeah, he's definitely right in there. He's, like, right in the middle of Thing as a fighter and Redshift as a utility, like, annoying guy. Give me that. The final supporting character in the arc and in Future Foundation is Thor. Thor is a 9 cost, 16-16 with 4 health, flight and range, he's frightful stamped. And he is a Herald of Galactus. You pay 1 less to recruit Galactus supporting characters. And he's also the Herald of Thunder. During the main you pay a green and put plus 1 plus 1s. On another character equal to its attack. So, where am I with Thor? Nine cost Thor. In draft, I think you hate draft him out because you don't want Galactus to have this. If they're playing this and they can make it to this, you could realistically lose to Thor in draft. But in constructed, like, I'm not I'm not going to jump for joy about cards like this anymore. I'm In my versus career, I'm past the point of being excited about cards like this because you you know you know what's supposed to happen with this you know where this is supposed to go but he's not a door closer though he's not a door closer he's like i'm gonna beat you up i'm a 16 16 flyer i'm gonna beat you i'm gonna put one wound on you i'm gonna make the main really really big i'm they're gonna put a wound on you and i think i just figured out why i'm not excited about this because as a nine drop i guess i've been trained to believe Nine or ten cost guys are supposed to, you're supposed to hear your opponent audibly say, I can't come back from this. I can't make it past this. I'm never, and no one should ever concede to Thor in, in Constructed. It's just counters. If I play a bigger, he can't grow himself. If I play a bigger flyer than Thor and clear your counters, you have to do it again or you're sitting behind a 16-16 flyer. Maybe he helped you get the Galactus, but I'm not conceding to Galactus either. Galactus has to do his thing more than once for me to die. This guy has to do his thing more than once for me to die. Dark Phoenix didn't have that problem. For as much grief as she gave the game, world-bending card, your opponent was supposed to die when she landed. So I don't understand why I'm supposed to play this guy. Honestly, I don't. I don't get it. I, don't, I really don't get it. Maybe I just don't understand how cards like this past turn seven operate but we tried this with null and it didn't work because he was so specific and he didn't just end the game on the spot this is the same card this is the same card but for a wider array of decks i guess personally i'm out and you'll never i don't think you'll ever hear me like oh yes wow a nine drop wow i can jungle hunter into thor now wow right i don't think you'll ever hear me say that kind of stuff and this is part of this is part of the win con problem I have with Illustrator that I was alluding to earlier. Like he could have had a win con on him as a nine cost. Like, oh, Thor's here. I'm probably not gonna make it out of this. He could have said, put plus one plus one counters on a character equal to its attack. If it ever has fifty or more attack, it deals extra wounds, or you just flat out win the game, or like. I don't know, they discard their hand or you draw 10... Like, literally anything that we know that card games can produce as far as win cons that we don't have in Illustrated, he could have did it. 
but I'm being asked to wait eight, nine turns to play Thor, and he says, I deal one wound. I make my main that's probably sitting behind me, I make them really hard to hit, and I deal one wound. I'm not, I'm not happy, I'm not happy with this card at all. I'm not happy with it. But take him in draft so that no one else can have it. We got some inventions, and then we get to call it with the arc. First up is Power Siphon. It's a one-cost, frightful equipment, Invention 1. Attach Harness. When you equip the Power Siphon, choose a face-up enemy supporting character. It steals all the stuff, and you get it. This card's actually good. It's good. This card's good. Um, you can steal Herald of Galactus from the opponent's Thor, I guess. You can steal, like, its keywords? Oh, powers. You can steal soups, too. That's good. This is a good card, man. You can put on your main. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you'll see this around somehow, some way. You'll see this around. Especially with, like, Maker and, and, and just high-quality inventors on the Frightful team making stuff like this. It's good. And the last card, the last playable constructed card is the Anti-Gravity Discs. It's a Frightful invention plot twist it says frightful four during the main put a plus one plus one counter on up to four characters they have wings this turn so it's give them a lift for four different characters I mean, it's good it's good yeah it's good i would play this i would invent this for sure and and maker gets to just have a what essentially ends up being give him a lift for four of his guys on his side it's good should dr doom be making this I guess, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's alright, nothing too crazy, but, like, it, it can pump your main too, right, you can pick your main, yeah, it's fine, it's a good card, and the last thing we have is a story mode, I'm not gonna bother going through this, but basically, you get two buddies, and one guy makes a secret boss deck, and the other two try and stop him, it's good for casual play, good for if you're into story mode, um, I think that's the arc, unless I missed anything. This box is full of ups and downs for me, and it's cool to see a return to family. But overall, the most important thing to have had happen was the basic Earth and space. Because now you can get, like, the full-on Fantastic Battles experience with the first 200-card box and the first two of this arc. Your Surfer, your Galactus, your Negative Zone, your Uatu, those are all, like, actually fully playable cards as, like, your first outing in the game. And I think that's really important. Also, you don't ever have to buy Monsters Unleashed ever. Like, don't ever buy that box. Unless you really like the space art in that box, don't ever buy it. God. I have mostly good things to say about these cards as far as abilities goes. And we're going to talk about Uatu in depth because that guy is actually, like... That guy is actually super cool as, like, a deck-building, like, maze to try and navigate. I'm super excited to try and build decks with that guy. But what do you guys think? What do you guys think about the arc? Did you go and buy more family, more family content? Now I get to say the following. It's October now of 2023, and I actually kind of need some help as far as content for the rest of the year leading into midwinter of next year 2024 for new york minute so if you have any ideas if you have anything you would like to hear about on the show i would greatly appreciate it and i will try to accommodate the best i can 
work is crazy. I work every, it feels like every waking hour, but times like this, I can sneak away, sit in the car and throw out a podcast where I praise and rip apart cards. And I will try to continue doing that for the rest of the year. But work is work and work will work you to the bone as I'm sure all of you know. So yeah, just hit me up if you have any cool ideas. I will definitely try to accommodate. Maybe you just want to hear more hot takes. Maybe you want me to pick back up on commuter submitted deck lists. And again, I, w- I will try. I will try to accommodate. In the meantime, I'm your host, Bruce, in a minute. Peace.